Blog Talk Radio. in the Fighting Words News Network. Fighting Words is brought to you each and every day of the week. And they police season. And I'm with the United States Armed Forces, men and police and fire services, the first, first responders and the very, very healthy people to keep us alive in the hospitals, the doctors, the nurses, and especially those who have to clean up after everybody else. And also we'd like to say thank you to those who keep their food chain alive, uh, those people in the supermarkets who work daily without uh, – a lot of compliments. Well, guys, um, it's going to be a uh, good night tonight. We're going to have the full staff here in just a few minutes. Um, the first thing I wanted to uh, to say was uh, I don't want anybody off. Oh, there's a uh, – hey, Ty. Sir, how are you doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. I just want to remind everybody that uh, tonight is the big night. Uh, you got to uh, turn your clocks back an hour. Oh. Remember, it's spring forward, fall back. So uh, you'll be on time for everything tomorrow if you uh, do that. If not, you'll be an hour early. Um, so if you want to do that, 
Uh, I want to welcome back our traveling uh, producer, uh, Mr. Ty. Uh, he's been uh, just, I think, all over the world at the at this point. Uh, you know, I see, I follow him on uh, Facebook, and you see that he's about was in about four or five different states since uh, he was last on. Uh, Ty, we're uh, we're joined now uh, weekly by uh, uh, Casey's youngest, uh, Caden. Uh, who is a uh, oh outstanding huge, yeah a huge UFC fighter fight uh, uh, follower and uh, uh, I'm sure if I can get a chance we'll get him into doing my tie with you and uh, we'll uh, we'll get to that sometime uh, Bob what do you uh, what do you think should we start off with uh, Tony Ferguson and Nate Diaz or what can they make it can they make it or not. Um, I'm not sure if they can put that together or not. There's a lot of talk about that. And I apologize. I just woke up. And not only did I just woke up, I just saw a 265-pound man throw a re- <clears throat> reverse spinning roundhouse kick or wheel kick and knock out another fat man. So that's pretty <laughs> impressive. Uh, <clears throat> go fat guys. All right. So got the fact that he got his leg up there that high. Um. So good job, Chris Barnett. But, okay, so back to Diaz and Ferguson. So a lot of talk about that. Um, Diaz is trying to call him out um, because, again, they're going for money. Ferguson ended up calling out McGregor. uh, And and then uh, McGregor's out uh, at least till mid-22 with that broken leg off of Poirier. Uh, As soon as Ferguson called out McGregor, Diaz was quick to jump on and call out Ferguson. Um, they're looking for the money fight. I don't know if it'll happen. There's nothing in the works, really, just other than trash talk, but that's how to get fights anymore. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Okay. You know, Diaz has got one, one fight on his contract, and a fight with Ferguson would have fans salivating. So that'd be pretty interesting. It's a good money fight. I heard that – or the Diaz, I heard that uh, Dana White was trying to link up um, uh, Nate Diaz against Hamzat uh, Chamiyev. That would definitely not work. They're just trying to, they're just trying to get uh, Diaz out of there. They're trying to get Diaz out of the UFC. This is his, this is going to be his last fight in the UFC. If, if yeah. he fights, if he fights Hamzat, which hopefully will not happen, because that will be just, it'll be a disgrace. He, he will get, he will get wiped the floor with. Um, but I mean, if he fights, if he fights Ferguson, he'll lose. Um, he, I think what's, what really needs to happen is he needs to fight someone who's not really ranked. He needs to, he needs a gimme fight if he really wants to win because he hasn't fought in a while. He's, he's going to be really rusty. He's not going to win any. He's not going to win any fight against anybody ranked. Okay. Ty. No, I agree with everything he said. To have him fight Hazmat Simeyev right now is just throwing him to literally Boris the Wolf. Um, obviously to build Shemaev's brand. But, uh, again, I, I think for me as a fan, and I know fans would be salivating if Dana White did put together the uh, Nate Diaz-Tony Ferguson fight. It would be a, a decent money fight. Both guys are going to stand up and want to scrap. Both guys are doable in the same cardio. Um, but kind of you know, kind of like you were saying, you know, at this point in Nate Diaz's career, he's 36 years old. He was never good against wrestlers in the divisions, wrestle heavy. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, this is about it for him. And when, when a guy's on their final uh, fight of their contract and they've been historically hard to negotiate with, uh, Dana White kind of likes to send them off on a loss. That's why, you know, you're talking mm-hmm. about Sinead potentially fighting because that's what he mm-hmm. would want to do to Nate Diaz's brand. Um, so it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what, what happens and what plays out. Z, you anything on this? Um, no, I, I'm sorry. Uh, how are you guys doing? I just caught the tail end of it. We're doing good. Yeah, we're just talking about the possibility of the Ferguson and uh, Nate Diaz fight. It's been all over the rags that they've been trying to put that together. Uh, 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 Tony Ferguson, Diaz, Nate Diaz fight? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Um, I, I did catch the, uh, in the tail end of what Ty said. Um, and as far as Nate Diaz, uh, Dana White can send him out on the loss if he wants. 
Dana White also, I mean, he's 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 doing everything for a purpose. He's not a stupid businessman, and that is why he has, you know, he's dealt with the D, well, Nate Diaz, you know, more or less, but the Diaz's specifically because they are money makers. I mean, you know, the guys, you know, they right now, you know, they're not top level. I hate to say it at the moment, they're not top level. Because right now you have these younger, you know, new generations and guys who are sort of well-rounded enough to where they can nullify certain things that the Diaz's do. Um, they're old school fighters. They 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 will brag about it. They're old school fighters, and that is true to form. But they, I mean, you have guys who who uh, have wrestling sort of technique that can sit and kind of control them. Uh, you, you know, or more or less, I'm gonna say I'm really specifically kind of talking about Nate, who could kind of lay on Nate and control him to a certain extent. Um, now you're dealing with a guy like Tony. Um, Tony's a guy who who he he. he I mean, I'll, I'm gonna favor him against Nate, but he could lose to Nate. And why could Tony lose to Nate? Because Tony he likes to stand and bang. And one thing, you know, that's a play in the Nate. The problem is Tony is so well-rounded that, I, I, I mean, you know, he could stand and bang with Nate, and when that's not successful, well, he could go ahead and take Nate down and dig it to it on the ground from there. Um, to, um, but, I mean, as long as, as long as Nate keeps talking trash and is viable enough, viable enough to be, and competitive enough, to where, you know, he mm-hmm. still could be matched up, sort of, you know, well against other names, then he's going to stick around. But that, you know, that's not going to be too much longer. Okay. Hey, uh, Bob, well, you, um, you can't, you you can't knock Nate okay. Diaz's okay. ground game. He's a black belt. I mean, he, I mean, he has, he has ground experience. He can, he can, he can, oh, yeah. he can really, he can destroy people on the ground. I mean, as mm-hmm. I say, he, he's a black belt. Um, he knows how to handle people on his yeah, ground. I think yes, I... it's not really his his forte. His forte is really boxing. But I mean, if he takes people on the ground, he can definitely win a fight on the ground. But like I said, five years. I, I think him and Tony, him and Tony Ferguson are a wash on the ground. I don't think Tony by any means would dominate Nate Diaz on the ground. In fact, I think that would be an interesting fight because Tony Ferguson's lost his last three. He's clearly looked past it. Um, neither guy wants to wrestle. Neither guy has great wrestling. They both have great jiu-jitsu, not great wrestling. So these guys don't have great takedowns in their back pockets, even though they can get you down. Right? But usually it's going to be from the clinch with foot sweeps and trips and things like that. Uh, but these are two guys who would literally stand and bang for five rounds because they're both durable and they both have great cardio. Um, Nate has been fighting at 170. Tony's been fighting at 155. But Tony's 36, Nate's 38. At 36, Tony may not want to fight at 155. A fight at 170 against a, a moneymaker like Nate Diaz may just interest him and motivate him. So me personally, I like to see that. That'd be a good final fight for Nate Diaz on his contract. It'd be a, a you know kind of a sort of money fight. Um, and it'd be a winnable fight for him. It wouldn't be like putting him against Hazmat Shemaev or Kobe Covington or Usman or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Bob Kachady thinks that he's a, a better fit for a fight with uh, Chandler than anybody else out there. What's your thoughts? Um, we're talking Gagey, right? Yeah, we'll we'll find yeah. out tonight. Um, yeah, see how that goes. But, yeah, Gagey um, – Gagey got passed over. We talked about that channel, and really he got his he shot uh, up on top. But Gagey's thinking he's bringing in more to the game tonight. Uh, with Chandler, has got his uh, some, or some wrestling skill, but um, you know Justin Gagey's you know a D1 wrestler as well. So he's coming off that le- uh, loss to Khabib. Um, mm-hmm. Hasn't really fought in almost a year, um, but you know Gagey was always one of my first picks. I mean, Chandler's no joke, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I got Gagey winning it probably uh, by either knockout or submission in uh, probably the second. So we'll see. Okay. That's good. You know, a lot of times we talk about dedication to, your, to the service and dedication to the, the fight game. 
Uh, tonight we have a, uh, someone who's dedicated solely to this program who uh, walked, was going to walk into homecoming and turn around and said, no, I've got to be on the show, and turned around and came back to get on the show. So, Caden, uh, we appreciate everything you're doing, and uh, we want everybody to know that uh, you're in this for uh, not just for the touch, touch of the toe and the water, but all the way into the pool. Yeah, deep in the pool there. Yeah. 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 I know she's gonna yeah. be mad at me, but I don't. Her, I just want to be on the show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you say she's gonna be mad at me. Real deep uh, in the pool, there, buddy. Real deep in. She's going to be mad at me. You're in the drowning in the pool, my friend. The ocean, then. <laughs> the gene pool is not very deep. Caden, why don't you? Why don't you talk about? Uh, let's talk about you, Alex. Your your favorite uh, um, 268, UFC 268, and uh, the big fight there tonight, which is uh, Usman and Covington. Oh, Usman and Covington. I I mean I see those two. I mean U- Usman might even be one of the pound for pound best fighters in, in in the fight game right now. I don't see I don't see Kobe out wrestling him. This fight this fight will go to the ground. Um, and when when it does, Usman will dominate him. It's 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 over once he gets on the ground. The fight's over. <laughs> you can call it over. I mean, and we, we talk about like the Chandler fight uh, and the Chandler and the Justin Gaethje fight. Justin Gaethje is an animal. Mm-hmm. That man, he's he's an animal. Oh, he's in every in every sort of in every in every, in every way. That man will. Mm-hmm. If you're on the ground with him, he'll out wrestle you. You stand up with him, he's an amazing stand up game. He, I mean, he's one of the only fighters that truly gave Habib a a, a true challenge. Amen. You know? mm-hmm. And when I mean, mm-hmm. when Habib fights people, he he dominates them the entire fight, and that really didn't happen that fight. Justin Gaethje really gave him a run for his money. Mhm. Almost beat him. Bob. Is he? Oh, you talking about Uzman and Covington? Um, yes, Kamara. Kamara has to be careful. This fight is this is one of those fights to where not say he's going to overlook Kobe. Um, we've seen each other before, and what tends to happen when you when fighters have seen each other before, you either adjust or it goes to the same script. Uh, I can see it going to the same script, and I'm almost want to favor it that way. But mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, I mean, right now Kamara's looking hot, Usman's looking hot. Uh, but mm-hmm. when, when you're looking, it's often when you're looking hot is is, is when something drops on you. You know, something's cooling right. you off real fast, and that's what he has to be mm-hmm. careful for. Kobe is not a step over fight. <laughs> he's not a look past fight. He's not a, a guy. No, he's on this level with him to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's better, but oftentimes not the better guy might not win because of technique or anything. The better guy might win because he got that punch in. <laughs> or mm-hmm. simple as that. So you have to be careful mm-hmm. with these four-ounce gloves. As simple as that. Okay. Bob? I, I agree with everything both of them. Well, that, that Z said there. Uh, I only the fact, I mean, Usman is a, is a, again, a, a heads and above specimen. But Colby Covington is no joke. He shouldn't be completely looked over. Um, of course, you know me, I'm not going to like the guy that does the most trash talking. You know, that's not my style. So Colby's out there as being a, a trash mouth to me. So uh, I want him to get knocked out. But I kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if – Usman wasn't in that bracket, you know. Colby uh, would have a shot at the title. You know, he's right up there. He's as as, as a, a beast. But uh, Carmen Usman is, is just—he's just hands it above, and I've got him winning it. So that, that's my call on that. The only reason why Kobe Covington is not the defending champion is because of Kamaru Usman. Kobe Covington, outside of Kamala Usman, is the best welterweight in the world. Point blank. Simple as that. The second best, the third best right now is debatable, right? Because a lot of people are hyping Hazmat Shumayat yet. He hasn't fought top five competition. You know, the highest guy he fought was Lee Jang last week, who was ranked 11. 
But the fact of the matter is, over these past two years, the best two welterweights are Kobe Covington and Kamal Usman. No way Usman looks past Covington because Covington gave him the hell last time, took him the hell of that. If you guys remember, the fight was a draw going into the last round, and, you know, obviously Usman stopped him in the last round. Since then, Usman's had three fights. Kamal's just had the one fight against Tyron Woodley. Usman has looked definitively and noticeably better, specifically with his striking. With that said, there wasn't much that separated these guys, and there's never going to be much that separates these guys. Um, And so really what it could come down to, honestly, is strategic differences. Somebody just being able to mix in their wrestling, kind of like Caden was saying, the ability to do that could turn the fight. We had a very, remember, typically when you get two jujitsu guys or two wrestling guys, what kind of fight do you get? The two guys that stand up and pin bang because the wrestling and all that stuff cancels each other out. So if Kobe could strategically be able to mix in his wrestling and get a takedown here and there, or if Usman were to do the same thing, it would turn the fight into a more definitive direction for that combat. At this point in their careers, Usman has a 100% takedown defense rate, while Kobe Covington has a 75% takedown defense rate. That's why we saw these guys banging out last time, because neither guy is easy to take down, neither guy really attempted. But if somebody would have just changed up the strategy and be able to slide that in or create the threat of the thought of the takedown, it opens other things up. So this fight, to me, because it's so close, Usman may have a slight advantage physically. He's a little longer, a little rangier, a little more powerful. Kobe has probably a slightly better gas tank, maybe even a little bit more durable, even though they're both extremely, extremely durable. Um, it could really come down to a strategic difference that, that, that makes all the, uh, the difference. Very, very, very interesting fight. Should be a very close fight again, you know, in, until something happens, obviously. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of talk about uh, Nate Diaz uh, even uh, leaving UFC. Do you think that's a, a possibility, uh, Ty? Well, like we were saying, he only has one fight left on his contract. And mm-hmm. part of the reason why he hasn't fought is because you know, he, he's going to want to negotiate. And he's going to be mm-hmm. a free agent. Um, he's going to be 36 years old, though. And he's, he's a, at this point in his career, you know, being honest with you, he's not a world championship contender. He's an event money mm-hmm. fighter, right? But he's 36 years old. Um, mm-hmm. So I think for, for, you know, when it comes to – or 36, yeah, because Nick is 38. When it comes to uh, – mm-hmm. I think to Dana White, it's just going to be about bang for the buck. How much does Nate Diaz want us to pay him, and how much do we mm-hmm. think he's worth? Um, obviously, I don't think they feel he's worth how much he wants to be paid, which is why Dana White said he'd be the 100% in, lining up, up with Osman Shemaev. The, 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 the thing about that is even though Shemaev hasn't fought anyone of, of notoriety, the fact that Shemaev is a dominant wrestler has always been kryptonite to the Diaz style. And Dana White knows that. So, again, he's not willing to pay Nate Diaz what Nate Diaz wants. So if he's got to send Nate Diaz off in the free agency, he might as well send him off with a little less luster on his brand. You know, so I, that's what I see happening. So we'll see. Okay. The worst he thing that can happen is if Nate Diaz knocks Myers out. <laughs> that would be that the funniest would be, thing because it would derail the hype, but I like Shemaya. <laughs> I love Shemaya, but that would be impossible. But to see the macroscopic players of Data White come crumbling down based on uh, on that, that would be kind of funny. That would be really funny. And that that would be really Mm -hmm. funny and amazing if that did happen. But, I mean, Hamzat Chamiev has taken one punch in his last four fights. He's been punched one time in his last. That's, That's crazy. And it's not, I mean, it's I not see, like Nate Diaz is a strong and brawl guy. Nate Diaz doesn't have takedown defense. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? Jemayev, he's, he's a big welterweight, too. Like, he yeah. he looks the part. He Again, you know, you know, his stats are outrageous, never been done before in UFC history. But still, to this point, the best guy he fought, he fought last week, was, was the leech. And he destroyed him, obviously. Uh, but he still hasn't fought one above that. Honestly, I'd like to see him fight Vincent Luque next. That's who I'd like to see him fight. 
um, someone who's hot, someone who's sharp, uh, someone who has an all-around game, someone who's going to pose a threat. Uh, so we can see what Shemaev is made of. One thing about Khabib Nurmagomedov, um, I slightly disagree with Kate. I don't think the Justin Gaethje fight was extremely tough. It choked him out it, it, a round and a half. But what Justin mm-hmm. Gaethje did, though, and Khabib said, Justin Gaethje's the hardest striker he's ever been in with. Justin Gaethje hit Khabib with some hella five shots. That's what made it tough. But Khabib mm-hmm. has a granite chin, walked through it, got the takedown, almost tapped him out at the end of round one, got the takedown mm-hmm. round two, choked him out. I don't know mm-hmm. if Shemaev can walk through fire. What happens if Shemaev is facing someone and he can't take him down? Well, we've seen him knock out Gerald Mailshark, but come on, that's Gerald Mailshark. Mm-hmm. So what happens if he's fighting somebody and he can't take him down? Can he take that good shot? Can he walk through the kind of fire Khabib did? He looks the part right mm-hmm. now, but looking the part against uh, inferior opposition relatively uh, has some people looking like world killers, and then they fight a little bit of, you know, stiff reluctance instead of submissiveness, and they, they get destroyed. So it'll be interesting to see this guy mm-hmm. move up the chains. I hope he is that dude, though. I really do, but, but we still got to say Okay. Let me ask you this, this one. Let's go to uh, uh, Z. Um, Tank Davis is going to step into the ring, uh, uh, replacing uh, uh, Roley because uh, uh, with Cruz. Uh, because I'm sorry, Cruz is coming in to fight Tank Davis because uh, Roley Romero has uh, been been taken out. Uh, what's your thought on that fight? Oh, I, yeah, I have to uh, see who, who Cruz is and everything. Um, okay. Is this at 140 again? No, yeah. this is going to be at 135. So Cruz is, is a, a, a short Mexican guy, very tough, very durable. Um, what happened was, you know, Tank was having a grudge match with Raleigh Romero um, at 135. Right. There's been a lot of, obviously, back and forth on, on, uh, on social gram. And uh, and so, you know, Riley had been talking a lot of trash, really wanted to fight. So the fight was made. It's going to be a pay-per-view. But all of a sudden, uh, a rash of sexual allegations come out of this, you know, Riley Romero. So obviously our thoughts are with the victims, and we hope that justice finds its course, however that may be. But nonetheless, all these sexual allegations have recently come up. So Showtime pulled him from the pay-per-view. They are still doing Isaac Cruz, which is relatively short notice, but Isaac Cruz is a very, very formidable opponent. Um, probably actually a little better than – he's better than Raleigh Romero, although he doesn't offer the danger that Raleigh Romero offers. Raleigh Romero is a big, wild, swinging guy, big, young, durable, wild, swinging guy. Um, Isaac Cruz is durable. He's in your face. He's a good boxer. He's got good skills, but – you know, he's a smaller guy who's going to, you know, some instances be tailor-made for Tank. But to get that fight on short notice is, 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 is pretty good that Cruz stepped in that way. But, again, it was because Raleigh was hit with the rash of sexual assault allegations. Oh, well, that, that, that sounds like the fight's going to go like Tank's going to get hit until he knocks him out. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, good, good way to put it. Good way to put it. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, to be honest, I mean, Tank, tank is, I mean, he's, he's a tank. I, I, I honestly, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, you talk about nicknames. You know, you got you know the sugars. You know, sugar, well, Sugar Shane kind of was a little different, but I mean, like Sugar Ray and you know, and the Sugar Rays, they were you know, they're sweet. Um, but now you have Tank that matches because Tank he he will blast you away. Yeah, tank. That's one thing. Tank, tank will blast you away. Um, but mm-hmm. Tank he he he. Get, he moves and his defense is sort of tankish. He's not going to avoid a lot. He's not going to slip. He's not going to do a whole lot to move out of the way of punches. That's what scares me as he moves up in weight. That's the mm-hmm. that's what really scares me. Tank, now he is, and it seems like it's not his reflexes because he'll get hit, but then he'll slip something real sharp and land something real good. So I mean, he's not void of reflexes. I just think he thinks so much about what he's going to hit you with and how he's going to get stuff there. And his feet aren't excessive either. He's a guy of small stature, which is going to be interesting. He's fighting another guy of small stature. but he's, So it takes him a minute to get to his spots. Um, so, I mean, he, he's not the busiest guy, but he's hit so hard. And 
You know what, dude? It's, it's almost like he, he, he almost has to see the shot hit him once to, to, to find the perfect counter. You know what I mean? That's what I saw with Leo Santa Cruz. It's like the right hit him. And More than once. Sort of yeah, like the right was hit him. And then you saw, you saw the right hit him and the uppercut just came off, and he missed it the first time. Mm-hmm. But then, then the, the very next time he slipped it, and he landed it. And I, I think you're right. When you have these destructive guys, like, like you know, we saw this kind of with Jerron Ennis last week against uh, against uh, Thomas DeLore. I mean, you see this with Ennis fights. You have these destructive guys. They have a tendency to catch that one shot every now and then because they're looking for their offense. And then with Even Tennis, Terrence Crawford. Again, yeah, Terrence, Crawford, Terrence Crawford is a perfect example of an elite fighter who's going to catch that one shot because he's looking for his offense. These are the guys you're laying through and putting punches on, but these are the guys you can clip because they're, they're, they're destructive fighters. They're looking for their offense. Good point, okay. Peter. And then here's, a, here's another, for instance, uh, uh, Andy Ruiz is, is shouting that he wants uh, Deontay Wilder uh, within the, the uh, first part of the year. If that would happen, Ty, who would uh, who would be victorious? You know what, man? You can't get up from everything. I don't care how I don't care how good the shit is. I don't care how good the shit is, Andy Ruiz. You can't get up from everything. And sometimes when you get up, you're not right, and, and, and then you get hit again, and you don't get up. You can't get up from everything. And you know, here's what I'll say about Deontay Wilder. Like I, you know. When he went through those last two fights with Tyson Fury, you know, at 35 years old, could have really completely have ruined him. I, you know, he, again, he broke his hand this fight. Like, not only does he lose and, and take a lot of punishment, you know, from the concussive blows, but, you know, he's torn a bicep, he breaks his hand. So I, I don't know what we're going to see when Deontay comes back. But if the guy I saw fighting Tyson Fury comes back, Oh, man, that guy, he's going to knock Andy Ruiz out. I love him. Because one thing about him, as, as gangly and uncoordinated looking and sloppy with his technique is, he's got two things going for him. He's extremely tough, and he, he, he hits extremely hard. And I always said, I said this before the first fight, that Tyson Fury was the worst possible style matchup for Deontay Wilder. I always said that. I said that on his very show. Zito said it too, that Tyson Fury was the worst possible style matchup. Outside of Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder's a problem because outside of Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder is the taller guy typically by four or five inches like he would be against Andy Ruiz. He's going to have the longer wingspan by about four or five inches like he would against Andy Ruiz. And he's going to pull you into his right like he's going to do to Andy Ruiz. And then Andy Ruiz is just not going to get up. So that's what would happen in my opinion. Uh, But again, Deontay come back and fight after what happened with Tyson Fury and the amount of money he made along with his age, you know, you could very well see him ride off into the sunset. And if he comes back, does he come back for Andy Ruiz or does he come back looking for a huge fight like Anthony Joshua, a fight that would still sell out a stadium in the U.K.? So it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, uh <laughs> it, it, it's crazy because Deontay Wilder, the worst style matchup for Deontay Wilder was Tyson Fury, who had to get up three times. I mean, four, don't get it wrong. Four, 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 four. Deontay Wilder, don't get it wrong. The, the worst style matchup, the guy who was the worst style matchup, Deontay Wilder caught his button four times. I mean, caught his button. So, I mean, it, it, now Tyson's big and tough. Now, Tyson's also not always there to even catch it for the most part. So, I mean, to, to all of Deontay's credit, it's not like he didn't get there. He just, I mean, he just couldn't just really capitalize off of it. With that said, Andy Ruiz's feet, it's as simple as that. His feet are, are I mean, he's going to always be there. I mean, it just, it's going to, like, Bernamista Vern was, like, the first fight with Deontay was extremely careful. He was just extremely careful mm-hmm. when trying to open up, wasn't going to risk himself. Um, the second mm-hmm. fight, Deontay said, all right, since you're not going to risk yourself, I'm going to give it to you. 
And mm-hmm. that's how that's how the fight's going. I, I would see a fight going with Andy Ruiz. A little of the fight, you know, Deontay, you know, he's, he's, he's threatful enough, and he moves outside of Ruiz's immediate distance well enough, I'm going to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just yep. did well enough for Ruiz not to be able to catch up to him, and, n- and nobody really to have to open up early. Um, but then Ruiz, he's going to come forward. He's going to try to the balls to the wall stuff, and and we're going to see the shot ripple hit him in the face and ripple through his body. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and and, he, and he's not getting hit by Joshua either. He's getting hit at the end of Deontay's punch. I, that's not going to be some. That's a terrible style matchup. If you ask me, a terrible style mm-hmm. matchup. The only way it's not is if Ruiz gets up and can take it. I don't see that. But if he gets up mm-hmm. and can take it and can and can crowd Deontay, maybe he can make it interesting. Mm-hmm. See, and that's the problem. Right. For, like like Ruiz, as as durable as he is, he's not a he's not a ball to the wall pressure fighter. Like, he, no. he, doesn't, mm-hmm. he just don't move that way. He, he at his best, is a plotter who, 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 you know, who is consistent. He's very consistent, but he's a plotter. He, he just doesn't have the kind of feet in my – and that's what it really comes down to because, to me, he doesn't have the kind of feet to stay in Deontay's chest without compromising himself and mm-hmm. uh, consistent. And I think that's, that's what happens. It didn't, you know – Tyson Fury's a big, big man. And first of all, mm-hmm. when you hit a bigger guy, they, they, they're going to absorb the impact a little bit better. But nonetheless, he's a big man leaning on Deontay. I think we kind of forgot, because of the Tyson Fury fight, that Deontay Lawler was always the fresher man going into the second half of the fight. His condition was never an issue. Only Tyson Fury made his condition look at it as an issue because he's 280 pounds leaning on him. But his condition had never been an issue. Typically, one of the things that Deontay Wilder's detractors used to say about him was that, oh, he can only catch guys when they get tired because he's fresh because he's so thin. And, well, that still holds true. Andy Ruiz is going to expend a lot of energy chasing after Deontay, and eventually the boom would be lowered, I feel. And even if he got up, he's not going to be able to be close enough to – when the amount of rounds needed to be to Deontay, I believe at this point, unless Deontay, you know, you got to see what, what happened, what's left of him after the Fury, what they did to each other, honestly. You know, the, the, there's another fight that uh, that's out there that um, um, I, it's been been on the books before. And I don't know why it didn't go off, but uh, Joseph Parker and. Uh, Derek Kassura uh, for uh, uh, December 8th. Uh, what do you think, Caden? Uh, I got Parker right with me. I'm sorry? I got Art Parker with me. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Zeke? Uh, I have Parker winning. Ever so, ever, ever so. You know what? I don't know. I, I'm really thinking now. I want to have Parker winning, and on paper, I'm, I'm leaning to a Parker. But to be honest, I don't know. One one thing about Parker is that Parker. I mean, he he he's he's a, he's not a small heavyweight, but he's not in heavyweight terms the hardest hitting heavyweight, and. Mm-hmm. When you're fighting Dash or Sora, you, you need to put something on it or you need to move like Usyk. Um, mm-hmm. Parker can move, not moving like Usyk. Parker can move and, and try and wrap you up. Jasura's not mm-hmm. always a wrap-up candidate. He is a lot of times just for long sake, but when he's in dog mode, he's not exactly a he's not a wrap-up candidate. He's a strong guy. He's, he's physically stronger than Parker, who is a strong guy. Mm-hmm. Um I can see Parker getting points. Uh, it really depends on just sort of how much of his gas tank he expends and how mm-hmm. much of Parker's gas tank that Chisora expends. Parker doesn't need Chisora really. Uh, um, you know what? I, I, I want to say Parker by points, but physical contact means something too. I mean, punch damages, they mean something. 
So I, 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 it, it really kind of depends on the judges. I'm going to lean on Parker by points just because the show's getting a little older, a little slower than Parker. Um, but I, I can see Parker easily lose in the decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. So but, uh, this is a rematch of a fight they had. This, I was going to say this is a rematch of a fight they had a few months ago. And mm-hmm. we talked about that the outcome of that fight on here. We all thought, you know, Chisora won the fight. Uh, Parker mm-hmm. got the decision. The fight was in Australia, Parker's own country. Parker got the decision, but he was really kind of avoiding contact for much of that fight. Um, based on that fight, you would think Chisora would be my favorite, but I, I think Parker wins. Um, not because he has such a great performance, but I just believe Chisora is going to have a different performance. Chisora's had a, mm-hmm. a, a run of pretty good performances lately. He had a good performance mm-hmm. against uh, uh, Dylan White before getting caught. He had a great performance against mm-hmm. Car- uh, Carlos Dacom, a great performance against Usyk, a great performance against uh, Joseph Parker. He's kind of had a career renaissance as far as performing at kind of a peakish level. Um, and I just honestly think Parker wins not because of what he does, but because of what Chisora is not able to do this fight. Simply as that. that. That's all I got to say about that. Joseph Parker was a champion at one time and never impressed. And he's kind of the forgotten man. And still, at this point, he's only had two defeats. Never been stopped. Uh, <laughs> kind of an enigma. He just never developed beyond what he was. He kind of plateaued early. Yeah, and it is who it is. When level competition moves up a lot of times, I mean, it, it, I mean, it really kind of shows who you are. You could dominate, or you could do certain things against, certain, against yeah. maybe a Tommy Fury or somebody like that. But now you're fighting, you know, guys who, you know, who who could who could get at you, and who when they get at you, it means something. It changes your mindset. Yeah, it's, a too. Yeah, it's, a, it's funny you said mentality. I said mentality. You said mindset. He's a tough, durable guy, but he's not necessarily willing to walk through the fire to do what he needs to do to get the win. And, in fact, when the fire gets a little too hot, he tends to try to avoid it sometimes instead of standing his ground when he needs to and digging in because he has the physical capability to do so. He just It's, it's really a mentality thing, I think. I think I think Parker can can pull out um, a, a win, go, even going the distance. I think I think he can have that durability. <laughs> I mean, when he fought Anthony Joshua, I mean Anthony Joshua is just a beast. And I mean, it, I don't I don't really knock him or or disregard him for losing that fight because Anthony Joshua is no joke. Uh, but he went he went the he went the distance with with Anthony Joshua. A lot of things that a lot of people do not do. Anthony Joshua is an amazing boxer. So I mean, I mean, um, Parker can he can go the distance when he wants to. He can have that. He has that that stamina to do it. Yeah, he, he, has has he, has he has that outer shell. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 he has that outer shell. He's durable in the fight with Anthony Joshua. Anthony stayed long behind the jab. Parker couldn't get in. Parker was supposed to not him. be able to get in, and, and that was kind of the fight for twelve. Yeah, right. Joshua wasn't coming uh, after him. Yeah, Joshua mm-hmm. didn't come after him, but Parker, yeah, Joshua just stayed behind the jab, which was smart, and Parker mm-hmm. just never aggressively committed. closed the distance consistently. He never com- he never committed to closing that distance, um, mm-hmm. and, and and he lost the fencing match to a bigger, longer guy who, who to me, is a more complete boxer. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Hey, Bob, just before we came on the air, there was a, uh, a UFC 268 uh Justin Jacoby and Allen fight. Uh, did you happen to grab that? No, I was still sleeping. I woke up like three okay. seconds before the call. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a pretty good fight. Uh, um, Jacoby ended up winning the fight, but uh, um, they both uh, were. It was a a, a battle uh, that you don't usually see in the uh, in the in the octagon. They were there was an awful lot of punching. Uh, which I was surprised that uh, I was waiting for a sweep or something like that, but it never came. Yeah, Did you see a tie? No, I'm on. I'm doing. Just, no, I don't. Tip, I, yeah, when I'm doing a call, I can't okay. get the fight a lot. So. Okay. Yeah, well, I uh, want to give you. I'll send you a text on a 
a site that uh, uh, Caden put me on to that uh, may be a, a supplement to what you're doing. Um, how about, uh, um, let's see. I think it was like the first time the I was on this show, I talked about how, how good the preliminary fights always are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the first time I was on the yeah. show, I talked about how I love to watch those those fights, and I mean, it's it shows right there with the, with the Jacoby fight. Those guys yeah. mm-hmm. fight their hearts out, and sometimes you, you really get better fights in the um in the preliminary than you do in the undercard or or, or uh, oh, yeah. main event or co-main event. Those guys Tonight are fighting. You got I by Bobby Green on the pre uh, on the prelims, so that's yeah. a great fight. Also, the debut of mm-hmm. Alex Pojeda. The kickboxer, the famed kickboxer, two victories over Israel Adesanya, including a knockout uh, in glory. So, um, you know, Cage's right. The prelims rock. I, I watch the prelims until it's time to do the show because I got, you know, a couple of links I uh, take advantage of as well. But I, I do them on my phone. So that's why I don't, you know, can't do them when I'm doing the show. Yeah. That Alex Pierre, right. that's the guy that knocked him out, huh? Yeah, the guy that knocked it. I, I saw the fight. He left hook. Whoosh. Yeah, we we talked about that a couple weeks before to that. All right. Okay. Yeah, isn't, isn't it a true? Uh, he's going to feature a freedom spot, Bob. Yeah. So he's going to fight uh, right before the pay-per-view. Yeah, that'll be that'll be phenomenal. But it's just crazy seeing people like Al Alcuenta like on the prelims now. You know what yeah. I mean? Against Bobby Green, nonetheless. So that'll be a good fight. Yeah. And the, the car tonight, the pay-per-view tonight, starts with Gaethje against Michael oh. Chandler. It's just going to be <laughs> uh-huh. a good That's the first time. fight of the pay-per-view, Gaethje and Chandler. Mm-hmm. How about, uh, well, we've danced around everything uh, about the uh, two fights tonight that uh, are the, the uh, heavy cards, and that's the uh, um, uh, Canelo and Plant fight. Let's start, uh, start with you, Ty, and we'll go from there. Three words for you. You guys ready? Yes. Bet, bet the dog. That's what I'm saying. Bet the dog. <laughs> bet the dog. I think, I'm telling you, it's going to, it's, I think people are severely underestimating Caleb Plant, severely. And Zito's going to come on, and he's going to give you his breakdown. And everything he says, I'm going to agree with. But I'm still going to say that the dog. I think Caleb Plant tonight fights over his head. And I think, you know, I think, honestly, I I think he's going to give – I I know he's going to give Canelo's bitches sometimes, but I think he's going to give him bitches. I think he's going to survive the storm when he needs to, and I think he's going to do enough to nick a win. Will he get the decision mm-hmm. on the judges' scorecards? I don't know. But when there is an underdog and you are unsure, that mm-hmm. the dog. My official pick <laughs> is Canelo in a close, controversial decision where Canelo, hear me now, and I'm taking it there, where Canelo may have to get up off the floor or survive a rocky moment. I'm predicting it. Ooh. I think Caleb's power is underestimated. <laughs> I'm telling you this is what I'm talking about. I see something different. I'm telling you, I could be wrong. I, I, it, you, know, you know me. I have no problem eating crow because I eat it with some cake and hot sauce, and I'm good. You know what I mean? So I eat some crow. But if I'm right, remember these three words. That the dog. dog. <laughs> See? Commit the punch. If don't commit the punch like that. Um, to, 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 first of all, to put Canelo on his butt, he has to commit the punch. Um, get the plant. By fight, by his fighting style and nature is not really. He he'll get committal when he gets confident. Uh, I don't know how confident he wants to get against Canelo. Second is this: uh, I can see Caleb kind of stinking it out. I can see him kind of stinking jab, jab, distance stuff. Anytime Canelo rap, 
or try to rap because Kevin's mm-hmm. not a small guy. So he could, he, you know, he could rap and try to, you know, maybe try to lean on Canelo a little bit to try to slow the fight down. Um, mm-hmm. But is that going to be beneficial with him as far as winning rounds? It's all about, as I say, punch damage. It's all about punch mm-hmm. damage. Where I see Caleb Plant doing a lot of work to kind of, you know what I mean, trying to bag, maybe bag rounds. I don't see him doing a lot of effective work to, to hurt Canelo or to really do anything to really try to put He's anything on Canelo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't see him doing anything to there put, has, you know, there any. There has to be no second guessing. That's to be zero oh, second guessing for Caleb Plant. If he the the, oh, the the second he second guesses himself on a punch, that's the second Canelo's gonna take advantage of that and put him on the put him on the canvas. And that's the thing, Caleb Plant. He has to to me. He has to get comfortable to a certain extent. It takes Canelo maybe a minute or two to warm up. You know, it takes him a, a, a round or two maybe to warm up sometimes. But with Caleb Plant. He has to be comfortable. And I'm going to go back to the last time I saw Caleb play against oh, Caleb Truett. <laughs> and, and Caleb Plant won. But he looked, to me, he looked horrible. And horrible comparatively to, to, to the, I mean, and Caleb Truett, he is a former champion. I mean, he is he's yeah, not. Caleb Truett. <laughs> exactly. He, 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 even before this, he was, on, to be honest, on a certain level. He got the title shot because he was on a certain level. He just capitalized twice. Um, mm-hmm. Caleb Truax, but he's he's formidable, but he's not supposed to be giving Caleb Plant trouble. So when Caleb Plant went ahead, I mean, when he was having trouble with Caleb Truax, I'm looking at it like, well, these are things that Canelo could easily take advantage of. Easily take advantage of, and Caden's absolutely right. That timing can't be off. By I mean, his arm doesn't come back, you know, to the right place. Canelo's coming with the right, and Caleb Plant fights a lot off of nice natural instinct and reflexes. Well, you're fighting against a guy who counters that well, who can fake that, who can fake things out of you. Um, if Caleb Plant is not comfortable, and I don't see that be, him being comfortable a, like, a lot like that, then he's he's not going to be able to bag round. He's just not going to be Here's able what I to bag round. I'm just going to say this. Two bigger guys who, who, who also fought cautiously at times were mm-hmm. able to get four or five rounds from Canelo. That's, that's the, the remains of Sergey Kovalev and Danny. I'm a little too cautious, Jacob. Both were able to bag about four or five rounds from Canelo. So I don't think it's hard to win rounds against Canelo personally. I think it's hard to win more than four or five rounds against Canelo. Um, that's that's all I'm going to say. Remember those fights, though. Remember the Danny Jacobs fight. Just remember that fight. Remember the Sergey Kovalev fight. He's going to hurt Canelo. Canelo's going to get up and fight for adversity to get it out. I see something. You know what? I'm not going with uh, analytics. I'm going with the gut feeling. That's all it is. There it is. Okay. Yeah, I gotta go with I gotta go with Canelo. I, I I got to go with Canelo. Just I just I mean just just awful, you know. Just just really, I think he's a more complete fighter. And he to me he's he's shown me moving up in weight. He's able to handle bigger, longer guys. He's done it with Billy Joe. He's done it with uh, Smith. He's done it with Kovalev. I mean, he's, he, and it seems to kind of get easier to to a certain extent to me. It looks like he's beginning to kind of. He's, he's beginning the to fight kind of, before you know. the fight before Muhammad Ali shook up the world. He got dropped <laughs> by Little Henry Cooper. The fight before he shook up the world, he got dropped by Henry Cooper. And a couple fights before that, it looked like he scraped past a Doug Jones. And then. Yep. All of a sudden, he knocks out the great Sonny Liston, and he becomes Muhammad Ali. Tomorrow morning, you think they may be waking up to Caleb Ali. I'm telling you, I see something. Uh, we got you, Bundini. <laughs> if I'm wrong, uh, I will be the first to say What do you think about it. the uh, Usman Cummington fight tonight? Ooh. 
Um, yeah, again, we Usman is is uh, a specimen. Uh, Covid ten is a specimen. Uh, Usman, I, I'm going to take Usman winning. Uh, but again, Covid comes like you know, uh, Ty said earlier. I and mean, if it wasn't for Usman, Covington could very well be the the champ. You know what I mean? So um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll see. The second rematch we met once before. Uh, I think Usman's got the better ground, better stand up. Uh, but Covington's got probably got. I mean, he's just got conditioning for days. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know my thoughts on that fight, uh, Bob. That the dog. That's the dog. I think Covington's going to nick it. That's the dog. That's the theme tonight. That's the dog. If Caleb Plant wins, if Caleb Plant wins, I will give all of you guys one thousand dollars on October forty seventh. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. 47? Well, damn. Wow. 47. Well, that apple didn't fall far from that tree. No, right? October is back in the, in the ring uh, in a uh, Two weeks with uh, uh, Raymond uh, Galbello. Galbello. What's your thoughts on that one? I mean, Nanito is 38 fighting at 118 like that. And we know he's you know, a clean guy, 24-7 ride tested. That is, like, phenomenal physically to me, which makes him one of the modern-day great dynasties. Um, with that said, uh, yeah, I predict him to knock the bio out unless, Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he looks like he's 38 years old fighting at 118 because that just typically doesn't happen to fight at that level. So I favor him to win and win emphatically uh, unless he has a different performance. Okay. Here's another one out of the uh, ages. Somebody who hasn't fought since 2011. Marco Antonio Barrera uh, is going to have a fight uh, in December. Um What's your thoughts on that one? Part of the traveling circus of exhibition matches we're seeing now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he's, you know, mm-hmm. first of all, he's probably, I'm sure it's probably going to be an exhibition match. He maybe, for all we know, he could be fighting a fellow Hall of Famer. But what it is, you know, Bob mm-hmm. always talks about, you know, there's no pension for these guys, right? So this is their pension. He gets to collect the check mm-hmm. by going a few rounds with, you know, either another Hall of Famer or some guy fans want to see him, him in the ring with. So uh, I don't begrudge them. I, I begrudge it when it's a sanction fight and it's ridiculous. But I don't begrudge this. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Um I guess uh, uh, the other one that uh, sort of uh, took me by surprise was uh, Thomas Stallone going down in the uh, first round. Uh, he, he fought uh, uh, Jaron Ennis last week. Um, uh, Z, what do you think of that one? The surprise wasn't Stallone going down. The surprise may have been he went down that soon. Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. yeah. The norm, the norm. I mean, he he he, he was sort of credible. I mean, not to diminish mm-hmm. him, but right now Booth is up and coming. Ennis is up and coming, and he he he's. It looks like he's on the tear. He he uh, he fought yeah. Lipinitz, and he did well against Lipinitz. He stopped Lipinitz, um, mm-hmm. and he stopped the norm. So right now it, it looks like he's. You know, they're going to have to match him up against somebody pretty. You know. Little more relevant pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, guys, let's just uh, put this right up to our, our right on our hour. Uh, I want to thank everybody for being there, being there, and um, being so well informed. Um, Bob, thanks a lot for everything. Uh, Caden, thanks a lot for your commitment to the program. Zito and, and Ty couldn't do it without you guys. Uh, so. Uh, now, uh, see, Kate, you want to lead us out? Yeah. Um, thank you for having us on. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us. And um, I'll give it to you, Papa. Okay, bud. See? 
Uh, wonderful show. I want to thank Caden, Bob, Ty, you, Butch, all of my Fighting Words family. These shows are definitely in memory of Bob, Coach Mel, and Dr. Chris. Anyone want to say any Fighting Words? Please do call. Hey, it was great being back on here with you guys. I want to thank Bob, Butch, Zito. Especially want to thank Caden for giving up more than he realized tonight to be on the show. Um, Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Mel's watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone have a wonderful and safe, blessed week. Thank you. Bob? Yeah, just like uh, Ty said. Well, I mean, I want to thank the whole crew for being on. It's great to have a full crew and, and go back and forth. And uh, special shout-out to Caden's date there for homecoming. You know, uh, there's, only, you know there's there's only so many uh, fights towards uh, podcasts. You know, homecoming comes around, like, all the time, like every once every four years. So, um, <laughs> You know, <laughs> once a year. So, you know, you, you got to find those uh, God bless you, everyone. Have a good week. <laughs> hey, thanks, bud. Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation. The men in the United States Armed Forces, the men in police and fire services, the doctors, the nurses, and all those nice people, good people, on the front line of COVID and the first responders and also those who have kept us alive uh, at, the, at the supermarket. These programs are also dedicated to those who lost their lives in line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Kolkap, Sergeant Thomas Bainger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Sergeant Thomas, uh, Sergeant uh, Ricky Childers, Detective Randy Bell, Sergeant Thomas Wilson, Charles County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Charlie Condit, Parker Springs Police Department. Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant uh, Charles Levake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. Patrol Deputy uh, Arnolfo Crispin, Lakeland PD. Lieutenant Joe Zerber, Newcastle County Police. Excuse <coughs> me. Deputy Josh Meyer, Nassau County Sheriff's Department. Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department. Captain Liz Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Artis Pope, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Chief Al Hogan, Longwood Key Police Department. And, Jimmy Fo- and Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. My brothers and sisters, though, you may be 10 7 at this point in time. At some time, we'll be 1010 at the table of the Lord. And that time, until the time, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields. The sunshine lightly on your face. And until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hand. Good night. Thank God. And have a good night. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you. 